Welcome to OBEHAVE, the behavioral science podcast from Ogilvy Consulting. You can take something, not change the objective thing at all, and by giving it a different context or a different frame, you can make it an entirely different thing in terms of the emotional effect and therefore the resulting behavior. Hello, Nudgers, it's Yulia. And I'm David. And we're a part of the Ogilvy Consulting team and your hosts. I think that many would agree that great presentation skills are one of the most important abilities to master, to achieve personal success both inside and outside of the workplace. And today's guest from Nudge Talk 2020 has some valuable lessons to teach us by bringing behavioral science principles at the core of his approach to deliver a persuasive presentation. I'm excited to learn more. David, do you want to introduce our guest? Of course. So today we're hearing from Troy Andrews, who specializes in helping clients design and deliver persuasive presentations. Most interesting to us, he draws on behavioral economics and nudge theory with such wonderful things as framing, anchoring, authority bias, and loss aversion to make presentations as persuasive as possible. One final thing before we start, even though this was a presentation about presenting, he was just speaking, so you're not missing out on any visuals. Are we ready to go? Yeah, let's go. Hello to everyone and what an honor to be here. We all know how behavioral economics and behavioral science is used for governments, for banks, for healthcare, and even advertising. But how does the average business professional use it in their daily communication? So we're talking about presentations mainly, but also conversations, negotiations, even written communication. Well, today I'm going to share with you a tool that I developed for my clients. It will help you to clarify your goals, uh, develop a strategy, and then design a persuasive presentation by applying behavioral economics and behavioral science. I call it the Presentation Persuasion Strategy Tool. And it's very easy to understand, it's very easy to use, and it's very easy to remember. Just remember A, B, C. Let's start with C. C stands for change. And when we think of change, I want you to think of two different things. I want you to think of purpose and perception. Uh, purpose first. What's your purpose of your presentation? What do you want to do? What do you want your audience to think, feel, or do when you are finished? The second part of this is perception. We might want to think about this as personal branding. So how do you want to be perceived? So you might have some words in your head that describe you, maybe creative, logical, uh, a team player, organized. So think of some different things that you want to be perceived as, and then as you build your presentation, you can keep those words in mind to make sure that you reach that goal. Okay, so that was change. Now let's go to A. A stands for audience. And I don't want you to think of the traditional demographics that sometimes people think about, the what is this person, a man, a woman, they're old, young, rich, poor. We want to get into psychographics, which really gets into who the person is, uh, their personality, uh, their likes, their dislikes, their ideals, their beliefs, even their hobbies. So for example, I had a client who was the president of a major multinational corporation. Now he had to fly to New York City to meet with the board of directors to talk about this year's strategy at the very beginning of this pandemic. So it was a very daunting task. To add to that, this board of directors was made up of some of the CEOs and ex-CEOs of the largest companies in the world. Well, we did a deep dive into these board of directors' personal lives. Uh, first, we looked professionally. We looked at 
their history, uh, their business philosophy, their successes and their failures. Uh, we looked at their personal life. We looked at their personality type. We looked at their family, their friends, uh, the feelings that they had on different matters. We knew who was an avid tennis player. We knew who had a green thumb and we knew who liked long, quiet walks on the beach. So we were able to craft a presentation that was relatable to each one personally. Uh, and he was able to persuasively assure them that this year was going to be okay. Okay, so C was for change, A is for audience, B stands for two things, bridges and barriers. Let's start with barriers. So what is preventing your audience to get to C, change? Maybe the reasons are professional, so cost, time, money, corporate structure. Maybe the reasons are personal, so their personality, uh, maybe past experience or even prejudice. Maybe it's psychological or as Rory Sutherland says, psychologic. Uh, so maybe heuristics are at play or maybe it's a cognitive bias that is stopping them. Or maybe it's physical. Maybe it's the room layout or the temperature or the sound or the visuals that's preventing them from listening. Uh, I always love when Dan Ariely starts his presentation. He usually has half a beard and he starts off by saying, uh, I didn't lose a bet. This is not a fashion statement. Uh, I was badly burned many years ago. Now you know. Now we can move on and you can pay attention without distraction. So he is someone who really understands barriers. Uh, let's see if he starts off his presentation this year. I don't know. And that takes us to bridges. So with bridges now here we can start to apply some of these behavioral science and behavioral economics principles. So, for instance, you're all aware of the Six Principles of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. And actually, he added a seventh one recently. But how can we apply these to our business presentations? Well, we know, for example, authority. So with authority, people are more likely to listen to someone who they look at as a credible expert on a situation. Well, how can we show that? Well, we could just tell them. We could list off... Uh, my background, my accomplishments, my experience, uh, things like that. Uh, but that is kind of bragging. It might be considered bull to them, and it's kind of boring. So another way we could do that, if we have the luxury of someone introducing us, uh, as I did today with Sam, um, maybe you noticed that he said the word authority when introducing me. Why? Uh, because I asked him to, and Sam is a nice guy. So sometimes we can have that luxury, but not all the time. The way I like to tell my clients to do this is instead of uh, telling them or having someone else say it, I like to hide it in a story. So maybe today you noticed that I told a story and in that story, I talked about how my client was the president of a multinational corporation. I told you that his stakeholders, the CEOs, um, were very high level and I told you how I made a strategy that worked. So those things all give me authority and credibility. So that's one way that you can apply it, by telling a story. Another principle is scarcity. Scarcity is usually something that is unique, uh, that is urgent, or that appeals to loss aversion. So imagine that you had a product, uh, an idea, or a service, and you said it's easy, efficient, and effective. That's okay, but maybe everyone says the same thing. So maybe we could find something that is unique, 
So find one thing in there that maybe distinguishes ourselves or sets us apart from others. Uh, that would be an improvement. But if we used loss aversion, talk about what we stand to lose instead of what we stand to gain, that can be much more powerful. Um, so we can usually start with simple things. Maybe uh, you could lose time and money if you don't choose my option. Or we can get into deeper things, uh, things like you will lose face or reputation uh, or respect or even competitive advantage. Uh, this could be very powerful. Now, if we add the urgency part to it, we can say, if we don't do this today, we will lose and then talk about what you lose. If we don't act today, tomorrow, our competition will. That's a great way to use scarcity. And then there are some ways that we can use things like nudge theory. So priming, anchoring, framing. Uh, these things can be used uh, in a way that's very subtle, yet powerful, and oftentimes invisible. And that's why I love it. For example, they did one study at Stanford University where they ran an experiment. Probably not the experiment you're thinking about. Uh, but in this experiment, they took a group, divided them A and B, put them in two separate rooms, and told each one the same story except for one word different. So they told them that there was a hypothetical city called Addison. Now they said Addison has a problem with crime. Group A, they said crime is like a beast in the city. What should we do about it? They told group B, crime is like a virus in the city. What should we do with it? They had a list of possible options and solutions and they said go through this list, discuss, and then tell us what you think. What they found was amazing. Time and time again, group A would come back with very reactive things. So treat it like a beast, uh, put it in a cage, right? Prison, punish, even execute. Uh, group B, proactive, right? Prevention, protection, education, uh, rehabilitation. So yeah, it's interesting that uh, when the virus is hypothetical, everyone agrees on how to deal with it, but that's a, that's a different story. But what's amazing about this is that there was no argument made about A or B, no facts or data or logic. Um, they just changed the wording, and that metaphor alone was enough to change people's direction. Now what's amazing to me is that when they pulled the two groups together, they asked them, do you think there's anything that we did that maybe skewed your thinking? And only 3% realized that maybe that wording changed their mind. The rest said, no, nobody, nobody skewed my decision-making process. So that's really, really, really powerful. Okay, well, we're out of time, but I think we got a basic overview of the presentation persuasion strategy tool. If you'd like to learn more, please join me at presentationpersuasion.com. Uh, and I have there for you a free PDF that talks about everything we discussed today, uh, but in a little more detail. I'm also working on a book, which will be called Bridges, The Methodology and Psychology of Persuasive Presentation Design. And that will give a lot more explanations, elaborations, and examples um, of the things we talked about today. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Hello again, Nudgers. We hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Often when we're preparing a presentation, we focus on how to make it more interesting, interactive and engaging. At times, more rarely, we can think about our voice and posture. But today we learn how these considerations can be supported with a more strategic approach. 
grounded in behavioral science and persuasion theory. This tool is just so helpful. Would you agree, David? Definitely. I like that we have a simple ABC to take away and that it's something that's so easy to remember that you could literally apply it today. But I'm also reminded that you can't get anyone to do anything unless they want to do it. So when you're digging into whether a CEO likes beach walks or they prefer gardening, you're really just finding a way to say something that they actually find compelling. So that's it for today. If you missed Nudge Talk last year or can't get enough, head over to Ogilvy Consulting on YouTube or follow us on Twitter at Ogilvy Consult UK. Until next time, goodbye nudges.